Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, I am thrilled to have Crimson Minx as my guest. Now, Crimson is the owner of Minx and Muse. It is a dance studio, a sensual dance studio in Austin, Texas, where I took a class earlier this year, and I was just obsessed with it the second I walked in. This witchy woman is truly a goddess. She talks in this episode about how she discovered sensual dance and movement, why she opened Minx and Muse in Austin, why she feels witchcraft and sensual dance go hand in hand. She talks about esoerotic dance, which is this term she crafted herself. It's the course I took with her earlier in the year. And it's just so amazing, so enlightening. We also speak about how dance helps you feel sensual, sexual, and powerful in your body, shame, and the patriarchy, and how to start feeling more pleasure in your body without it having to do with sex. Finally, she also touches on the importance of self-touch. Now, Crimson has her own podcast for the studio, so it's the Minx and Muse podcast. She interviews a lot of amazing witches in the Central Texas, Austin area. I highly recommend, and I also really recommend following these guys on Spotify. You can find it at Minx plus sign Muse, and they have so many epic playlists for anything, any time of day. If you're feeling a little sexy, you want to do some dancing, if you're just trying to get hyped, Amazing. I am obsessed with the playlists they have on their Spotify page. Now, here's a little more about Crimson. Crimson Minx is a dirty dancer, witchy woman, and owner of Minx and Muse in Austin, Texas. Minx and Muse is a fiercely feminine playhouse that empowers folks to awaken their innate magic through sensual dance and witchcraft. Absolutely. Well, please help me welcome Crimson Minx to the Light Within podcast. Crimson, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, what an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. So the first question I love to ask is, what ignites your light within? Guiding people to tap into their innate magic through sensual movement and witchcraft. That is what lights me the hell up. And we met because I took a course at your studio, Minx and Muse, down in Austin. And I've already shouted you guys out on the podcast before. I think it's such a cool spot. So I'd love to know what led you to open a studio like Minx and Muse and talk to us about what that is, what the studio is. Yeah, I guess it's good to to explain to to the listeners what we're even talking about here. So yes, I own a studio in Austin. It's called Minx and Muse. And it boggles a lot of people's minds because they're like, well, how do those two things fit together? So what lights me up is what also we focus on at the studio. And that is sensual dance and movement. And that can include floor work, pole dance, strip tease, booty shaking, freestyle movement, all of those things, um, as well as witchcraft. So we have weekly coven classes where we are eclectic witches. So we discuss all different forms of witchcraft. We have a weekly astrology class, and we also have a weekly morning mysticism class that is a bit more of um, Eastern philosophy based. So 
Yes, that is what we do at the studio. We are an eclectic group of seductresses and witches and dark goddesses expressing ourselves. And um, it it makes sense. It works. <laughs> um, and then you asked what, why? Yeah, I mean, I have to feel like the studio is probably a mirror of you, of your own belief systems and the things that you really are passionate about. So why did you decide that was something that you needed to birth into the world? Well, I personally discovered both of those things around the same time. And it was so transformative to me that they were so interweaved together that I really couldn't imagine one without the other um, for my own personal transformation. So uh, I assumed that that would connect with other people. And I think we've been right so far. There's also you know, the the rising of the witch is not as taboo as it maybe was. Even we opened uh, in October 2017, so we're not even four years old. But I would say even, you know, six years ago, it would have been more of a taboo situation to have created. But Mm -hmm. people are very open to it. And the idea of claiming that word witch um, in whichever way they choose to practice it. But also, I find that... So that's one side of the coin, right? And we could go deeper into that. Um, But on the other side of the coin is the sensual movement, um, the feminine energy. And I think a lot of people dismiss that part of their journey and they just want to logic everything. They want to be in the masculine. They want to understand. They want to learn all of the concepts around magic and witchcraft, but they actually, and maybe even doing, doing the spell work, But really, if you are not tapping into that um, sexual, sensual creatrix energy, you're not living fully in your power. And so um, that's my definition of a witch is someone, someone living fully in their power, using energy to manifest the world around them. And Mm. I recognize that until I discovered sensual dance and movement, I was not living fully in my power. Mm -hmm. Okay. When was it in your life that this started awakening in you? Because I've heard you speak about it before on your own podcast, and I would love for you to share You know, when you started dance. When did that become something that you were uh, really interested in? Well, it was not until recently, 2013, early 2013. So um, I had moved across the country from New York City to Los Angeles. I didn't really know anyone. And so I had an open schedule. I definitely recommend if anyone is just trying to discover themselves or <laughs> make a make a personal transformation, move somewhere where you don't know anyone and where you can have a new experience because it opens you up to so much more time um, mm-hmm. to pursue different hobbies. And I was pursuing a lot of different interests. Um, but when I found the dance and the movement, um, that, that was really something that I had never done before. Of course, when I was little, I was in ballet and tap dance and all those things that little girls do. Um, but I was actually an athlete growing up and, you know, was raised to, to be in my masculine, like so many, mm-hmm like so many women were. And um, so that was the first time that I really allowed myself to tap into and express the feminine. And it and it was through dance and movement. It's a really great portal into that energy if you want to try it. Um, 
expressing dance and just expressing myself creatively through dance and movement. But the idea of centrally moving that serpentine style of movement, that, um, that nonlinear movement where it doesn't have to be so rigid, the idea of undulation, self-touch, um, mm-hmm. expressing myself in a sexual manner. Oh my goodness. I remember I went to my first class um, and I was wearing like an oversized t-shirt, yoga pants. You know, I was like a, a gym rat at that point. And that's mm-hmm. what I had. And I walked in and I saw all of these beautiful people, all, you know, women and, and men um, of all different shapes and ages and backgrounds and wearing like, you know, booty shorts or bikini tops or, you know, stiletto heels, or, you know, maybe it was like an oversized tee with like a, you know, a thong. Everyone just was like living their version of expressing themselves as like a sexual creature. And I'm like, Oh, Crimson, we gotta, (laughs) we gotta start thinking about these things. Is this how you sexually express yourself? It just made me think of so many different um, ways that I wanted to change the way I showed up in the world. And it started with how it wasn't an outward expression. That was a result of the inward work that Mm. came with it of being like, am I okay? Like touching, like just, you know, you do class together. Am I okay running my hand up my body? It's my body, but this is very foreign to me. I'll let other people do this to me. But for me, Mm. why does this seem very uncomfortable and moving in such a way where you're not rigidly told, okay, you have to do this, 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 this is right. There's a wrong. Hey, just, you know, here's some guidance. Now, can you move through that? I'm like, I don't know how my body moves. (laughs) I don't know what that feels like. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And so it was a really big breaking down of like allowing myself to stop being so in my head about about things. And honestly, how through that journey, and it didn't happen overnight. You know, I was invested in that from 2013 on. Um, but the way it transformed, not just the way that I felt about myself, but also what I expected of other people, especially romantic partners in relationship was night and day. What mm-hmm. I would allow for, how I would speak up for myself, Um, what I would prioritize, you know, whereas before that was just a side of myself that I showed for the pleasure of other people, right? Like sexual partners. Okay. That's for them. Now I'm like, Oh, this is, this is my personal power. Um, And, and I, and I, I truly believe that the reason that I can effectively show up as a teacher in this area is because it was so foreign to me. I know what it's like to feel super unsexy, super unfeminine, super just not even really understanding what that could look like for me. Mm -hmm. And I think those who have the struggle are the ones that are able to show up best as as a teacher, because I am very aware of the other side (laughs) and I'm very aware of what it took to transition. Mm -hmm. And so you said, you said before that your witchcraft practice and your spiritual practice and your dance practice really, um, 
played off of each other and one was really lifted up when the other came around. Did you start identifying as a witch previous to your dance or did that really come at the same time? Like how did those two things line up for you in your life? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, it was really around the same time I started just getting curious about witchcraft. So I did not identify as a witch when I started dancing. Um, I was, I guess, witch curious. So I'd gotten, you know, my first astrology reading I had gotten, I remember I went out to Joshua tree and I got myself a, you know, a tarot deck and I was just like out in the desert with my crystals, like what's mm -hmm. happening here, but I just need to be in this weird sacred space. And, um, you know, just going, I was very lucky that I lived in Los Angeles at the time. There were so many different resources where you could go to different workshops and, mm -hmm. um, classes on the med on metaphysics. So I was taking tarot courses. I was doing meditation courses, um, you know, different, um, spell casting courses. It was just a really cool time. Um, and interestingly, not a very like, I wouldn't, not a very like, oh, I had all these great memories of like, I was, you know, ex from the outside. I wasn't dating. I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't, you know, I was really in an internal state during this mm -hmm. time, just doing this work. But so what happened was as I'm piecing all of these, I also teach a witchcraft, uh, a beginner witchcraft series because mm -hmm. the same thing as the dance, I remember being so damn confused about where to start what it even means, how it works. Um, and I really dove into those studies as well. And it was through understanding how magic works and what it means to be a witch that I really all of a sudden was like, Eureka, oh my gosh, you need sexual, sensual, and feminine energy to be effective as a witch. How come no one talks about this? How come this is not something that is, you know, very well known? So uh, again, I, I just like teaching it because I really understand it because it was such a struggle for me to, to, to really put together like, so what does it mean to be a witch? So I have to have a lot of crystals. I got to like howl at the moon. I got to like do spells like this one that I found on Google. Like what, what mm -hmm. is it? And now it's like, oh no, it's, <laughs> those are some nice aspects of being, but mm -hmm. that's not where your power lays. Your power does not lie in these outside objects these crystals these candles it's these are these are great things but the actual magic power is within you and i know that sounds corny as fuck believe me <laughs> but when you understand it it's so true and i do think and i mean i would love to hear your perspective taking sensual dance classes, not just taking one, but taking, you know, a few mm -hmm. and really being okay, diving into that. And I'm not talking about a dance where they teach you a sexy, rigid dance. I'm talking right. about one where there is self touch, where there's um, exploration for some freestyle movement like that. Didn't you feel like you tapped into a power that you didn't even know yes. you had? Yeah, absolutely. And when I took your class, for everybody listening, it was in February. So we had a horrible winter storm, right. like right in the middle. And I know our class was postponed for two weeks because um, I was driving probably the farthest of anybody. And like, we just couldn't get there. So it was a little bit strange because it was the first class was so activating. And then I think we skipped two weeks and then, you know, we had the next two. But for me, I think what was so interesting 
you were able to create a little mini coven within the small group of women who took the class. And before we get into that, the name of the class and the whole idea around the class is so fucking cool. Esso erotic dance. Now, when I read that, I was like, oh, holy shit. (laughs) It was like, Leslie, take this class because I have been identifying in these ways as very witchy and witch curious. I wrote this down. I'm like, that is a perfect phrase. Perfect (laughs) phrase for me. You said it and I'm like, I've got to write that down. I've been kind of identifying as that for a couple of years. And like you said, there are people who read all the things and want to know all the things and don't want to alchemize the things. And that person is me. (laughs) That person is Leslie Draffin. I have all these books. I have all of the knowledge. I have all of, and it's just getting it into my body. So when I saw Minx and Muse pop up on Instagram, the one time my phone listened to me and it was like a perfect you know, and uh, like it, it, the algorithm perfectly aligned with what I needed. I saw SO Erotic and knew it was for me. So before I go into more about how I felt about the class, can you just explain what that term means, why you came up with it, what that is all about? Absolutely. Uh, SO Erotic is a combination of the words esoteric and erotic. So erotic is a very sexy, sensual and raw style of movement. And then um, ESO, internal, it's an internal practice that we do to connect with our bodies and our goddess-given sensuality. And there is that um, esoteric, like enigmatic, can't put your finger on it type of um, mystical, mysterious um energy that results in this form of dance. And so the great thing about it is that it is something that's going to look different on every body. It can be easily modified. It is heavily reliant on self-touch. And I explained to you guys in the series why we touch on ourselves a lot. Like it's not just Crimson likes to spank her ass a lot, even though that may be true. Um, but there is actually magical purpose to it. Um, but it also relies on a lot of um, explorative movement of what like a freestyle element to it as well, even though there is, there is guidance. So yeah, it really is to help connect with your body, mm-hmm. get back into your body, reclaim your sexual sovereignty is a big part of it, which we can go deeper into, but, um, and, and recognizing and coming into your, your sensual nature. Absolutely. So I go to the class, right. And have no idea what to think. And for I'm people, there early. It's, yeah. it's a floor work class. I forgot to mention yes. that because sometimes I get a little flourishy. It's, it's, we call it floor fucking. It's, it's dancing yeah. on the floor, rolling around on the floor. <laughs> yes. Like I knew I wasn't going to be needing to do any like pull work. I had had an elbow injury. So I was like, okay, this is perfect for me. And I really have struggled since especially last year coming off of the hormonal birth control pill to feel my libido, my desire is just like still to this day, very much dead. Like it's just trying everything we can to awaken it. So I was very interested in finding out whether or not this form of dance could do that. And I had seen people doing it online and, you know, maybe I had taken a class and online and hadn't really fully committed But when I came into Minx and Muse, it's just like everything, the aesthetic, the other women who were in the class as well, you as the leader, there's no pressure. It was so dark. It was no mirrors. It was like perfectly safe 
for, you know, in the fact that we were still in the middle of the pandemic and we were perfectly safe away from each other in a very, very tiny group and also safe to kind of let it all hang out without feeling like anybody's looking at me, anybody's judging me. And I can't really even judge myself because I can't look at myself in the mirror. I love that part that you covered up the mirrors as well. But I really find going forward after the class to me, it was easy for me again to drop right back out of that and go right back into, oh, let's read this book about, you know, this and this and this. So I know that I that that has a lot to do with me personally and the fact that I am pretty far from you guys. That's I'm sure not something that is uh, normal for the folks who go to Minx and Muse because I've seen the people who are, you know, continuing to post who I met in the group you're able to really connect and I think help women find their power. And I will say, even though I'm not dancing around on the floor, like I did in that class with you, I do feel more powerful because of the things that I learned. That's awesome. Yeah. There's this idea that, um, you can try to, and let's just say sexy, you can put on an outfit and look sexy you can have someone else tell you you're sexy. Um, you can read a book on what it's like to be sexy or people who are sexy. Um, replace that with sensual, whichever word works for you. But you really cannot understand or, as we say, overstand what it, what it means to be sexy until you feel it. And mm-hmm. once you f- understand how that feels in your body, no one can take that away from you if they say, oh, no, you no longer look that way. Well, honey, I can access that because anytime and I know what it feels. So it doesn't matter what your perception of me is. So you really need to, you can't look the part. It's not an aesthetic. And that's mm-hmm. something that gets lost, I think, in, um, you know, our Instagram, social media, heavy society, you know, and the same thing with, with the witch. Yeah, you can dress up like a witch. Mm-hmm. You can you can portray yourself as a certain way and in the terms of sexuality perhaps for the gaze of others, you know, but that's not really being that. You to be that, you need to know what it feels. And I can unequivocally say I never felt sexy or like a feminine sensual creature in my life until I started taking these sensual movement and dance classes. Mm. It was something that I thought I had to look, I needed to lose weight. I needed to have this outfit. I needed to talk a certain way. I needed to, so I needed a, a, a boy to tell me it, you know, mm-hmm. which is like, all oh, of that's total bullshit. It's an energy that you are able to, to express and to feel, but you need to to do things to tap into that. And I'm talking outside of intercourse, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about how can we, because we can access our sexuality easily outside of intercourse. And to, and really quick, it's that sexual energy center, our, our sacral chakra, as many know it, um, that is where our vitality lies. That is our life force energy. It's our creatrix energy. It's our magnetism and our manifestation. All of that is connected with our sacral region, which is um, kind of right below the belly button there. Um, and that is closed off to so many people. And mm-hmm. if you are a witch, 
Don't you want to have access to that energy? Well, that's your sexual energy. And for so many people, it's blocked off. So by doing this form of dance and movement, you can open up that energy center and ignite it. And that's why we talked about this in the class. But after a lot of people's first experience um, with this style of movement, like either immediately after or hours after, they just start crying and they're like, Crimson, I don't know why I'm crying. Like what's happening? And the truth is you've had like emotions, trauma, energy trapped in that mm-hmm. energy sh- energy center and you've shooken it off. You've released it, you know, and we're not doctors, we're not therapists, anything like that, but it can be a really powerful practice if you are going through some trauma to work with a trained professional mm-hmm. in tandem Uh, We've had a lot of people see great results that way, where when you're seeing a professional, but you're also doing this somatic therapy along with it, like, whoa, and then all of a sudden you stick with it and you're lit up. And then as a witch, all of a sudden you notice your spells are, are working. You Mm -hmm. notice like you're, you're radiating, you're magnetizing things to you. Life is just more in flow. Well, for so long, we've been shamed of that energy center, of that power that lies within us. So I don't know if you remember, but I always ends the class with, um, if you don't own your own body and you don't own your own sexuality, someone else can. One of the biggest Mm -hmm. cons in this world is shaming you of that so you can be controlled and not live in your power. So to give yourself credit for coming out and, and doing the work. So there's truth in that. And absolutely. And that was one of the things I really was, I loved is the whole idea of if you don't own your own power, someone else can own it. And I think in our society, especially the way that I grew up, that was never even a thing that was mentioned to me. So I don't even think I knew that I had a power (laughs) like that. You know, I knew I was valued for the way my brain worked. I knew I was valued for the way I looked but valuing myself for the way that I felt inside was really not something that I was ever taught until my awakening happened a couple of years ago and then coming into your class too. If folks want to start to get um, more into their bodies like this, if they want to start dancing like this, um, what are some of the things that you would suggest they do? Would you su- suggest that they you know, start taking pleasure in the little things like you kind of told us to do after our first class? I love that. Yes. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head before because we we live in a masculine society That's and that's what we value. We value logic. We value um, the the idea of achievement and competition and things like that. So it's like, oh, that's cute. You spend an hour like in in a pleasure practice. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, you know, there's no one values that, which is problematic. Um, That's the feminine. So, um, and if you historically, you look at, you know, where our power lies is where we'll see we're trying that, you know, they, whoever the powers that be try to hold you back and where have we been shamed or where we've been tried to be controlled more than sex, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, there is power in that. I think by, by shaming us of that keeps us, keeps us from, from that innate power. So a pleasure practice is great. And that can be like, we talked about cooking a five course meal for yourself and sitting down and having a glass of wine and listening to jazz and just enjoying the meal instead of having to like 
eat while you work and on the run. It can be rolling around in the grass. You know, it can be some type of bedroom exploration. Um, it can be, you know, just every morning you spend five minutes doing like self massage with like essential mm -hmm. oil or something. So it doesn't have to look a certain way, but starting to value the feminine, which is more based on pleasure, on emotions, on enjoying the journey, um, on being connected to your senses, that your senses, uh, so sensuality in general. Mm -hmm. I love that advice. Yes. And I, and I definitely want to go back now, now that we're talking about this. And I said earlier that I wasn't dancing around anymore. I'm not really, but then I just remembered all the things that I have done. Like you were just mentioning, like, we had this really torrential, crazy rainstorm this past weekend and I was on my bleed and I was like, you know what I want to do right now? I'm going to get naked and just go lay in the backyard and just cry in the rain. And I did it and I felt great. Ah! And then I felt freezing cold, but then, and I, then I went and jumped in like a super hot bathtub, but I was like, okay. And then being out naked in the backyard, neighbors, stay inside. Um, <laughs> but you know, in the sun or in the rain and then like all of the, the, the candles and things like that, bringing in the pleasure, it is like you said, helping me tap into my more feminine side. And I will say those are the things that you definitely taught us from oh. the, the intro to SO eroticism. Why do you think sexual sovereignty is something that we have to claim now, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's been taken from so many people and it's, it's unfortunate. Um, and, but the truth is no one can help you reclaim that for yourself, except yourself. It really mm -hmm. can't be anyone else's responsibility, even though someone else can be completely to blame for having you in in that space to begin with. Um, but it is, you know, being a witch, we live in our personal power, right? So that is something that, um, that we need to reclaim because with the sexual is, is the feminine and mm -hmm. we are seeing a, a rise of the feminine and I'm trying not to be too like <laughs> catchphrasy here. But, um, if you, if we want to see an, a overriding of the toxic patriarchy, we need to start valuing the non-toxic feminine. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, um, sexual and sensual connection is part of that. Reclaiming, like we said before, reclaiming your sexual sovereignty is part of reclaiming your personal power. And you'll notice that when you get back to that space, you don't allow for the bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're not going to allow for fuck boys or fuck girls and and you're going to have standards and you're and that's not just in terms of romantic partners. That's in your career. Mm -hmm. You know, that's with um, friends and family relationships. That's in what you expect of yourself, your own personal growth. Um, and we talk about. So if you want to, if you're okay with chatting about like how it is one, well, we'll say one of the methods that we use at the studio to reclaim our sexual sovereignty. And that is through the dance and movement. Mm -hmm. And it's through a form of, of witchcraft, actually, that we like to explain to everyone. So essentially, when you are doing this form of nonlinear movement, this sensual movement, where you just feel like you're 
in a different, you're out of your head and you're in your body, essentially. Um, that's a form of embodiment right there, which is great getting out of our head, which I'm sure a lot of us need help with. But beyond that, what happens is you're dropping into a different brainwave state. Uh, in magic, it's called a state of gnosis. In science, it's called neuroplasticity. So whichever you're into, um, they, a, a lot of overlap, uh, different, different ways of calling it. But so when you're in the state of gnosis, that's when you are reprogramming your subconscious mind. So in, in, in magic, we say, as is within, so is without. So the subconscious mind, our internal world, is what dictates, dictates our external world. Um, and the truth is, our conscious mind may be at battles with our subconscious mind, and we may not even know it. So when you're able to drop into these different brainwave states, um, entering a state of neuroplasticity, that is when you reprogram your subconscious mind. Even you may not even know you're doing it. So when we are moving sensually and we're touching ourselves and we're feeling on ourselves and we're feeling sexy, we're reprogramming our subconscious mind to say, this body is mine. This sexuality, this sensual energy is mine. You're reclaiming it for yourself. Like the self-touch element, I cannot overstate of like what an importance it is um, mm -hmm. as part of our process. Um, and when you are able to kind of stick with this, it's, you know, you know, people who, you know, they come in and really just kind of even like touching on your arms a little bit is a little uncomfortable. And again, I want everyone to like work with a therapist if that is traumatic to you, yeah. work with a therapist before you do any sort of work like this. Cause you want to be, um, if, if you have experienced like extensive sexual trauma and you know that any kind of self-touch could be triggering, please do this in tandem with a trained professional. Um, but oh my goodness, when you are engaging in this movement and all of a sudden you're writhing and you're rolling and you're self-touching, you don't even realize it because you've, you've, bypassed the conscious mind and you are literally reprogramming your subconscious mind, your belief system to mm -hmm. say, this is mine. I, I touched it as mine, you know, it's, <laughs> and ultimately as is within, so is without. So you are going to see that reflected in your outer world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. Yeah. And I think for me, something that has come from taking the class and, and come from trying to be more um, accepting of my body is to take that sensual touch and focus it on spots that I might feel, you know, bad about that day. You know, oh, my tummy or my legs or, you know, anything that I'm feeling like, oh, I don't really like this today. T flipping that script and then instead feeling like, okay, yes, like, feel like just a little, the, the silky touches of just your skin, that feels good. Okay. Can I turn that feeling of that feels pleasure, that feels good and switch my mind from those negative thoughts of thinking, oh, I look a little bit chubby today to thinking that feels good on my body. My body feels good. My body is good. My body's beautiful. Oh, I love it. So let's go back and talk a little bit more about the opening of Minx and Muse. I would love I'm to sure. know... So you you opened it in Austin in 2017 after 
the waking of the women. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll just say that. Um, because 2016's election and then the marches that happened starting in January of 2017, you know, Austin is a pretty, you know, liberal city. Folks are very into activism. We saw all of the protests last year for Black Lives Matter. When you opened was that at all something that you were feeling really called as a necessary to be like, we need this, we need this so much? Or had it just kind of been like, maybe you moved to Austin, didn't find a studio there that you really felt called to, so you knew you needed to open one? I moved to Austin in um, November of 2016. Okay. So yeah, right around, it was very interesting. So I moved here um knowing that I wanted to open a business and not knowing the exact name or exactly what it was. It hadn't really been like fully conceptualized, but I was mm -hmm. like, it's going to be some kind of like witchy movement studio. And that's all I had. Um, so I moved here knowing that I had moved here um, for personal reasons of like wanting to purchase a house and settle down. I had lived in Baltimore and New York city and Los Angeles, like all my adult life. And I was like, I want to settle down and buy a home and live in like a small city. And that didn't work out as planned. As <laughs> I got here and I was like, oh, I'll open the business and then I'll buy a house. So, you know, that buying the house thing maybe shot me in the foot a little bit waiting, but whatever. Those who don't know Austin real estate market and all over the country is crazy. <laughs> But it's I had no zero regrets. But it was interesting because I remember I got here right around the election date. And mm -hmm. so I remember talking to my friend and she was like, you should just go out to a bar and just, you know, talk to people. It's going to be our first, you know, we're having our first female president ever. And you should go out and celebrate that. And I was like, ah, you know, I think I'm just going to like stay home and, and chill. And oh, and it was. So, so it was so fun. I re I recall that conversation of being like, wow, we did not see that coming. Um, and so, you know, I think maybe that was a historic moment in time where it was just the collective energy was ready for it. And, you know, I was guided to do, to open it in a time where, where the collective needed it, but it was yeah. not, I had conceptualized it before. So, Yeah. But I'm sure you felt that, yeah, absolutely, we definitely needed it. And I have felt like the waking of the witch has really ramped up mm. since um, his presidency, for sure. And I think everything happens for a reason, right? So maybe the, maybe the reasons of that fact that all of those things happened were because all these women needed to stand up and reclaim themselves. And I think that Minx and Muse is really, I think, at the core, a reclaiming a reclaiming mm -hmm. of what you are as a woman, what you are as a witch, what you are as a being. Um, and so do you want to say anything else about just why you feel like women claiming their pleasure is claiming their power or vice versa, claiming power is claiming pleasure? Yeah, I think that, I mean, essentially what we talked about is that pleasure is intertwined with the feminine our power as women is owning our feminine power. I think we are all, I look at you and how successful you are. Um, we're good at owning our masculine. 
We're hella good at it, you know? So, and, and I want to be very clear that I am like a lover of the masculine just as much as the feminine. Uh, We need both in witchcraft in, and in life. Um, It is super important. However, there is a lot of toxic masculine that has arose just from it being the dominant energy running society. And if we want to see a change, if we want to see a more empathetic, caring, um, a, a caring of the collective, not of just the individual. If mm-hmm. we want to see um, people being treated fairly, people prioritizing relationships and love and things like that versus this like rugged individualism of mm-hmm. competition and you know who has a bigger dick like mm-hmm. if we want to change all of that we do have to start wielding our our feminine power um and part of that is pleasure and i mean so yes, there is like that, like we need to change society and we need to rise up and we need to to value the feminine. And part of that is pleasure. Part of that is community. Part of that is sensuality and and owning our own sexuality and all of and all of those things. But also take a step back. We did not come to this earth to not experience pleasure. Do you ever mm-hmm. just think that? Like, wait, I'm sure my soul was was not like, oh, I'm going to come to earth to just struggle work to just right. work. Right. We need to like, just step back as humans and, and recognize that. Oh my goodness. It's Bill Hicks has a, has a, he's a stand-up comedian, um, RIP, but he had a skit that was like, it's just a ride. Yeah. It's just a ride. And so when I find myself getting really serious and, oh my God, I have to pull all these all-nighters and do, I step, step back. It's just a ride. And do I want to enjoy this ride? That's not even mm-hmm. like you don't need to be a witch or, or a, a woman or anyone to, to think about that because the masculine needs the feminine too. Right. And what I was going to say is, you know, we've spoken, you know, all this time about feminine, masculine, they're in both genders. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and men have feminine in them as well. Just like we've been saying, women are really good at living in their masculine because we've kind of been forced (laughs) to. Um, And then those folks who uh, identify as, you know, genderqueer, non-binary people in uh, classes that I've met with uh, Minx and Muse. So when we say this, I think that in spirituality, in sexuality, masculine, feminine, the genders are so focused. Like they're focused on like boy, girl, male, female. He's a man. He's masculine. She's a woman. She's feminine. But they are within all of us. And so I know for myself and my experience, it's figuring out how to make the dance of the two be more of like a non-one-sided situation. and for men too. And I know there aren't really a lot of, are any men allowed to come to mix and use? Yeah, we allow men. Yeah, we've had men. So we say that we are fiercely feminine and energy, not biology. So we welcome all gender identifications. I just think um, you probably, I think in our series, we haven't had, yes, in a while. So, but absolutely. I mean, I think men, yeah, definitely need to be able to express their femininity as well. And as far as toxic masculinity goes, I think that's something that is such a catchphrase. And we turn on that, you know, it's toxic, it's toxic. But just like the wounded feminine Mm -hmm. is around, I think the wounded masculine is something that 
isn't spoken about enough. I mean, men who don't feel like they can express their feelings because somebody said you're be a man, right? You know, and, and just like w- women are sometimes told you're crazy when you're in your wounded feminine. Yes. So, yeah, I hope that as we continue as a collective post pandemic, when I think a lot of people had to feel their feelings and a lot of people had to feel their scarcity and their, you know, oh shit. Um, so maybe the other feelings will come out too, so that it can just be more well-rounded beings in, in general. I love that. I feel the same thing about the pandemic as I felt about the last election cycle that you had mentioned, which is I always like to see, this is another uh, mindset that came about through witchcraft, is that I always like to see the world happening for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. And so whenever anything now, it's a mindset shift for sure. But whenever anything opposite of perhaps what I had had in mind happens, I like to see how can it serve me? How is this? I trust in a, a higher a higher source that wants us to grow into our fullest potential. And so how how can we use this to grow? And I absolutely believe in that's again, in magic as well, you need the masculine and the feminine in order to cast an effective spell. Mm -hmm. We can't rely on one versus the other. Just the problem why so many of these conversations are popping up is because we're good at the masculine. We just need to understand what is the feminine and how can I work that in? So we're not asking people to like quit your jobs and step down as VP and just go and roll around in the forest all day. Absolutely not. But like, can you roll around on the floor maybe before you head to the office? Or maybe Mm -hmm. when you come home, can you disconnect and can you like allow yourself some pleasure. This is how we find balance Mm -hmm. because we definitely need a balance of both. Um, Yeah. 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 All those leaders leading maybe with compassion versus competition would just be, you know, a way to bring in a little bit more Mm -hmm. of the feminine. Anything else that you want to share either about your beliefs, your, your past minks and muse dance in general that I didn't ask you about? Um, I think the only thing that I'd like to add is that a witch doesn't have to look any certain way. Um, when I was in school, I remember we learned um, in in our art history class, or maybe it's art theory, but art is defined by its intention. Meaning if someone created something as art, even if it's shitty art, it, it was if it's art, right? So, um, a witch, I do feel like, falls into that same circumstance. You don't have to be Wicca. You don't have to. I, I, I recently had an interview where it was asked, "Well, when did you start? You know, you're a witch. When did you start communicating with spirits?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't. Ha- I'm not psychic. Mm. I can still be a witch and not be psychic. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not a hedge witch." Um, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to have crystals. You don't have to, you you know, you don't necessarily have to sit down and do elaborate rituals. Um, Mm -hmm. if you feel the calling of the witch, I recommend that you dive into it and see what's out there and see what connects with you. You may want a religious structure. So you may look towards a Wicca community, or you may just really connect with mama earth and you may be a green witch, see what's out there, explore. You don't need to know all of the things immediately. Um, and I'm going to encourage you along with that, that exploration of wisdom is to also do find some kind of feminine embodiment 
practice, you will be very grateful to see how much that attributes to your personal power and showing up fully as a witch. And if anyone's listening and they want to take your baby witch course, that was all online, right? Yes, I'm in the I'm in the midst of getting it um, up in a digital library for us, so that should be next month, so people can take it anytime. Oh, as, I love that! As well as the intro series, I'm going to have that available virtual to just take anytime. So by June, that should that should be up on our website. I mean, or just come to the studio and take the in person mm-hmm. classes. So. Yes, absolutely. Where can people find you and connect with you online? Uh, so on Instagram, uh, minx, M-I-N-X dot muse, M-U-S-E. Our website is minxandmuse.com. Um, those are the two best places. And uh, also my Instagram is crimson.minx if you want to connect there as well. Uh, yeah. Or come to the studio and visit if you can. It would be awesome to meet new folks. And, um, like Leslie, it was so great having you in class. You are a beautiful mover and a beautiful spirit, um, and energy to have had in that class. And, um, yes. And I appreciate you, you having me on and chatting through this with me. It's, I could talk about this all day. (laughs) So could I. I loved this conversation with Crimson. I love how lit up she is when she talks about sensual dance and witchcraft and the magic that is just the feminine body, the feminine force. Again, if you want to follow her on social media, I will put all of those links in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and follow the podcast at The Light Within Podcast. If there's someone you want to hear here on the podcast, then please email me at thelightwithinpodcast at gmail.com. Download, rate, review, share these episodes with those you love. And remember... There's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.